Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. Hi guys, and welcome to the screener episode of Horror Nights in Podcasts with your one and only host, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, Roxy, the kitty who adds in her comments here and there depending on the topic. So I've been lucky enough to be sent a few screeners in the last few weeks, and I wanted to dedicate many episodes of Horror Nights in to these screeners. Before we get into the podcast... I want to challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review. It not only helps my days better, it helps other horror fiends find me. You can find me on my socials on Twitter at HorrorDaddiesRS, Instagram at Horror Nights in Podcast, and on iTunes at Horror Nights in Podcast. To be sure to follow me on there for the latest news in horror. On this episode, I'm covering Becky and Deacon. So both films were produced by Frightbox Features. Frightbox Features was created this year with a focus to use horror to challenge ideas in the black community, introduce black characters, and truly be a film studio for the people. Their chairman, who I've spoken with on Twitter, uh, his name is Lane Fobbs, with the help of a Texas A&M professor, realized there were major problems in how black Americans were portrayed in film and TV. So, of course, with this being a screener produced by amateur directors and production teams, I don't have my normal Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb rating, but I'll be giving you my detailed rundown of the plot, characters, and my overall honest and horrific opinion. So let's get into their first film, Becky, which has a running time of 66 minutes. So the film starts with a caption that reads, two years earlier... And the only thing we see is the back of a woman's body in the kitchen doing some dishes and getting a drink. We then quickly move to another caption that reads two years later, and we see a young couple is now living in that same house. It seems there's some tension between them about his past and his ex, but they quickly move on from that and talk about their upcoming anniversary. There's also photos of the man with the captions sickle cell survivor, so I have to assume he was previously sick or he might still be sick. The next scene is where I assume the girlfriend, Shay, works. We don't learn too much other than the fact that she is training a new girl named Natalie, and this new girl is getting a little workplace sexual harassment from their coworkers. We then cut to the scene, and Shay is now meeting up with her friends who are calling her new house a trap house, to which she corrects them and says it's a starter home. Shay's boyfriend, Eric, also seems to be running some kind of shoe company, business out of their home. Her friends also warn her to keep the spark in their relationship so he doesn't wander. Shay then gets home from work and she sees something standing in front of her house. I want to assume it's the woman we saw in the beginning of the film and it could be Eric's ex he didn't want to talk about before. Shay then runs inside and tells Eric what she saw. He then runs outside but whoever it was is now gone. Before the scene ends, we do get another glimpse of the same person standing outside their house. The next few days, Shay is still super jumpy and suggests to Eric that they start pulling up 
putting up some kind of lights in their driveway because the house is so dark at night when Shay gets home from work. We also notice that there is a small shed in the back of their home. Eric then successfully installs a light, but then starts having a cough fit, which I can assume is in correlation to his sickle cell. It's later that evening and Shay is on FaceTime with her two friends from earlier, and they are urging her to get a gun and also to do some research on who the woman might be that was in her yard. The next scene, Eric and Shay are talking about their upcoming trip to the mountains, and Shay decides to surprise Eric with a new dress that she bought. The next day, Shay is at work, but not much happened except a male co-worker hitting on Natalie again. Later that evening, Shay is up late and goes into the kitchen to get some water. The scene was kind of confusing because she hears a pop, then screams, runs into the living room and slams the front door. I also thought I heard a house alarm go off, but I'm not sure. She then lays down on the couch and then we hear a knocking. Eric then comes into the room and seems to have woken up because Shay had music playing. So I'm kind of confused as how he didn't wake up to her screaming and slamming their front door. Woke up to her music, unless the entire previous scene was a dream. Shay is now asleep on the couch, and we see a hand come down and run its fingers over her head. Then seconds later, there is a, some the same woman standing in the window, and she starts pounding on it, waking Shay up. Shay then screams and runs around the house, colliding eventually with Eric, who apparently didn't hear her screaming. They then get into a fight about how Eric doesn't know who this woman is. The next day, Shay is talking to her friends, who keep driving home, that Eric is cheating on her with this woman. She then gets home from work, calls for Eric, but can't find him, so she decides to snoop through his phone, and on there she sees several nude photos of a girl. She then goes to confront him, and we see that some hand, that the same hand from earlier at the top of the shower, but as Shay pulls it back, it's only Eric. She confronts him about the photos, but he denies knowing the woman at all and tells her to call the number, but there's no answer. She then asks Eric if he knows that woman that keeps showing up at their house. He once again denies knowing her. The next scene, Shay is snooping on Eric's Instagram, and we see a woman who looks like the one who keeps coming up at their house. She confronts Eric, and he tells her that it is his ex, but she wouldn't come back here. When Shay pushes Eric, when Shay pushes, Eric tells her to drop it. Also, another thing to keep in mind is that Eric is continuing to cough more and more in each scene. So in the next few scenes, there's a ton of tension between Eric and Shay. Shay is now sleeping in their guest bedroom. Shay then goes to lay down, but hears a woman laughing, so she goes to investigate. We then see a woman running through their house, so Shay grabs a knife and goes outside. She then goes back inside, flips on a life the light and sees a woman's nightshirt on the ground. Eric then startles her and she throws a shirt at him, convinced he is cheating on her with his ex. Eric then decides it's time to give Shay some answers. He tells her that his ex basically broke his heart by packing up all of her stuff and leaving him out of the blue. And this seems to win Shay back, but it doesn't explain the random woman around their house. We then have Shay taking a shower and being attacked by the woman with the long nails again. Shay is now running out of the house into a stranger's car, and inside the car was Eric's ex. The ex starts to explain how creepy the house is and is trying to explain that whatever this entity is is inside of Eric and it's evil. We then get a flashback from the beginning of the film where the ex-girlfriend was attacked in the kitchen by the same woman Shay keeps getting attacked by. 
Shay is now with her friends and has no idea what she's going to do in explaining how her black boyfriend is morphing into this white, sexually violent white woman, a Becky, if you will. Shay is now trying to explain to Eric that he becomes this evil white woman when he becomes pissed and raises his voice to Shay. That's when we hear Becky's voice come through. We also learn that the ex-girlfriend is also apparently dead. Shay is then in the guest room and hears hears a noise and ventures outside to see the ex-girlfriend's dead body in the shed. We then cut to Shay at work and Natalie is giving a presentation, then calling Shay out for being in love with her boss. But then we get the climax of the film when we see that Natalie is actually Becky, who is actually Eric, and then kills all of her co-workers. Shay then wakes up and is at a cabin her and Eric were supposed to be staying at for their anniversary. We see that she was kidnapped by Natalie slash Becky slash Eric, but before she can do anything to her, there's a knock at the door and it's an older neighbor who's asking about her power and the electricity. He then goes and checks on the lights and says that everything's fine. We then see the older neighbor is making himself comfortable on the couch, but meets his demise shortly after with the end of Natalie slash Becky slash Eric's heel to his chest. Shay then comes to, grabs a gun left behind by the dead neighbor, and then shoots Natalie slash Becky slash Eric in the shoulder. So now we are back at the house and we see that Eric has a bandage over his arm where the bullet struck Natalie slash Becky. Eric asked Shay how she knew it would work, and she replied that you have to love someone even for their imperfections. It's now one week later, and Eric is in a wheelchair at a hospital, and the nurse is explaining how he had a really bad spell. She then explains how when he had a blood transfusion, it was something she had never seen before. That's the end of Becky, so now we're going to move on to the short film Deacon. So, This film was actually only eight minutes long, I believe, maybe a little bit over eight minutes. So this short film starts with what we assume is a religious man who has kidnapped someone and put them in their trunk. He then goes and picks up an elderly aunt and her nephew. The deacon is hassling the nephew for not coming to church that often as they stop at a convenience store. The elderly aunt and nephew are left in the car to wait when the nephew hears something from the trunk. He then pulls down the seat and sees that a woman in his trunk, a woman is in his trunk with a bloody forehead. She then sees the deacon coming back and goes back into the trunk. It's also allotted here that the aunt is much older and is not paying attention to really what's going on and the fact that the deacon is a murderer. The nephew and deacon then get into a heated debate about religion, causing the deacon to pull over. The deacon then pulls a gun on the nephew, but before anything can happen, the elderly aunt shoots the deacon in the head. So obviously, she was paying attention the entire time. So because I covered two films in this mini screener episode of Horror Nights and Podcast, I'm going to start with Becky. I enjoyed the storyline and I really liked the actors. There was some comic relief even as Shay was being stalked by Natalie slash Eric slash Becky. There were some edits in the film that could have been transitions and at one point I did see some of the crew in one of the shots, but these are all technical critiques which just take time to perfect. I mean, my own podcast could use better technical transitions and sound, but the content is there. And we can say the same for Becky. 
The idea that a person you love could have some kind of split personality and take on this entirely different form is definitely a scary thought. There were a couple things that I wanted answers to as to what happened to all of the dead coworkers. Was there a police investigation? Uh, what happened to the dead neighbor that was killed? Um, how is it that... Uh, did, did I miss something completely in this film? Was this all in his head by the end? Um, the ending of the film didn't really make sense to me um, just because the nurse said to him, well, we have to go get your girlfriend now. And he said, you're right. And then she said, what did you say? And then he said, I said, you're right. And then he kind of smiled. So I'm not 100% sure um, what that meant. I, I assume that it means that Becky is still alive and well within him. And the reason that he is this, you know, jackal, Mr. Hyde kind of thing is because of the blood transfusion, because he's a sickle cell patient. Um, so I, I wish that had been explained a little bit more. The skeleton of the story is good. I do like the fact that um, we're not really sure who this woman is. Um, I just wish it would have just been a little bit more seamless in some of the answers that I, you know, some of the questions that I have would have answers. But overall, I think the film was done really well. Um, I really like the different angles of everything. Um, so I'm going to talk about Deacon. So Deacon was a short film that I did like. The idea that a man of God can kidnap and kill is definitely a scary idea. But also the comic relief at the end of the ant, the elderly ant pulling out the gun and killing the man of God was just great. Um, so overall, I enjoyed both films' storyline. Becky was, of course, longer than Deacon. But both had their own plots, their own characters. Being that this is an amateur filmmaker, I enjoy the dedication to the different angles and the actors, uh, considering the goal of this production company. I think that in time, um, this production company and its ideas uh, will be able to take on bigger platforms. I see that his dedication to the black horror movie, um, the genre, very similar to Jordan Peele, because Jordan Peele really took on um, a lot of that and really put black actors and actresses in in the spotlight versus where a lot of the times unfortunately black people are always the you know the first ones to die or anybody of a different ethnicity other than white are um presumed to be killed first and that's why i really like um you know freight box features because they're putting um, black people front and center and they're making, you know, giving them roles, um, that normally would go to somebody of a different ethnicity. So I do appreciate that. I am excited to see where this production company goes. Um, if you want to view Fright Box Features film Becky, uh, the link can be found in my show notes. And I just want to say congratulations to this production company and to Lane, um, for putting together a pretty cool film. Um, as I said, technical things will improve as you get better with things and you can, that can be said for anything. As I said, with my podcast, my podcast is not perfect. Um, so I am excited to see where this production company goes and, uh, hopefully do some more screeners for Lane and, uh, Freebox features in the future. 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this short episode um, of the screener for Frightbox Features um, with your one and only host, Crystal, and my co-host, Roxy. If you enjoyed this episode, go listen to another one, binge it out, leave me a review, and have the best week wherever you are and whatever you do. Remember to always give your honest and horrific opinion no matter what.